0: Men's Journey Today, Episode 2. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm here today with Kelvin Wayman. Kelvin is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and social media entrepreneur. The most inspiring thing about this man is what he's accomplished in such a short time. In just spring 2015, he was still working a 9 to 5 job. Feeling stuck and hating his life as an employee, he suddenly quit his day job even before he knew what he was going to do next. He shows, where there's a will, there's a way. A few months ago, he raced in a 50 mile ultra-marathon just to challenge his body and mind. He recently published his first book, which debuted on the Amazon Top 100 of all books in the success category. His book is called Fish Out of Water, The Guide to Achieving Breakthrough and Permanently Transforming into the New You. Also, because of his life's transformation, he was just featured on the Dave Ramsey Show, reaching 12 million listeners, sharing his story of becoming debt-free for the first time in his entire adult life. He's been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, The Huffington Post, Social Media Examiner, and was even named one of the top 30 entrepreneurs under the age of 30. Today, he's the CEO of Cobbs Media, a social media management agency designed to make corporations, small businesses, and personal brands grow and stand out through the power of social media. Kelvin, welcome to the show.
1: Hey there my friend. Thank you so very much for having me.
0: Absolutely, it's great to have you. Kelvin, I'm thrilled to jump into your work and I know many in the audience yeah. who feel stuck in their job will learn how to create a successful freedom business by leveraging social media. Yeah. Listening to you. But before that, please take a minute to fill in the gaps from that intro and tell us how did you get started on your journey?
1: Great question. So how do I get started? The journey really started when I quit my day job. You mentioned that just barely in my, in my intro. And it's such a, a big question, an important question, because chances are there are people into this that also want to get started right? And they might look at different ways of what, what can I do to prepare myself to get started? Like what books can I read? What courses can I take? What skills can I develop to get me ready to start? And the cold hard truth is, yeah, I read a lot of books. I mean, I went to college and everything, but there's so much you could do to quote unquote, prepare to get started. But the truth is, it'll never feel like you're quite ready. And as a matter of fact, I wasn't quite ready. So the truth is you just do it. You just jump. And that's what I did. I mean, when I was still working my employee job, something that isn't talked about too much is my wife and I were both employed and about two or three weeks prior to me leaving, my wife quit her job. So my -hmm. wife quit her job because we had a one-year-old and we decided that it was going to be best for us to raise him, not daycare. So yeah. So my wife quit her job. And then a month before that, I had a second stream of income through a network marketing company that was that was pretty decent sized. And that company went out of business. So a lot of things were going against us at the time, it would have seemed. Hmm. Also, a few months before that, my car broke down, and I had to get a new car. So I had two car loans, even though I only had one car. <laughs> wow. And I had 1099 – or I, had pay, I wasn't paying my taxes throughout the year, and so I had a big tax bill that came up when I did taxes. So all of this is just to show when you actually get started on your journey, it may not feel like everything's totally lined up and ready. But for me, even though I had all those things, quote-unquote, working against me, What I did realize is it was for years that I wanted to do my own thing, and I hadn't had anything to show for it. And the thing that made me finally jump was just the realization that I could be waking up 10 years down the road and being in the exact same spot. And the fear of that happening, of being stuck 10 years later, is what made me say, you know what, screw it. Mm -hmm. I got to at least give it a shot. So that's what got me started and I just quit.
0: That's fantastic. And what I'm hearing is that there is no perfect moment right to wait for.
1: 100%. You've got it right. And that's and that's huge because for a long time, I mean, I quit my job 2 years ago, but truth be known, I probably could have done it 4 years ago or 5 years ago. And it probably wouldn't have been as easy, but had I, I think I would have been further along the track now. So the sooner you realize that there's no perfect timing and you just do it. And again, a lot, one thing that's an advantage that doesn't look like an advantage at the time is when you are burning the boats, when there is no turning back, when you have a little bit of that pressure, as I have, mm. generally it's like a, putting you on the nose of a rocket And it shoots you way farther. So me having a wife, having a one-year-old, having to make the money fast, like that just propelled me. In the beginning, it didn't feel like it. In the beginning, it felt like stress and anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. But going through it, I've seen how it's pushed me a lot farther down the path. So you're absolutely right. There is no perfect time. If you know that it's going to be happening eventually – then just do it. And A great question I ask all of my business coaching clients when they're coming up with something and wondering if they should quit their job yet is, do you see yourself doing this in five years? Mm-hmm. And Most of the time, the answer is, F no. <laughs> I'm just doing it for money. I'm like, okay, if you're just doing it for money, you don't, you're not doing this in five years, then that's a great indication that it's time for you
0: to quit. All right. Kelvin, how did you cope in that difficult period when you felt that stress, anxiety, all that, maybe depression even? How did you yes. cope in that period?
1: Ah, uh, man, I'm so glad you're asking that because <laughs> it's an area that even though I've done like 70 interviews up this up to this point, no, people don't ask that often. And it's it's important too because yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of it, a lot of the anxiety and yes, depression. And first of all, I think it's important just to be aware of it, know that it's there because there's also going to be people that listen to this that are going to get into that space. And the last thing I want them to think is that they're alone and that nobody else has gone through it. And I just want to be the representation of – because, man, I thought I was the only one and I thought that there was something wrong with me when I got it. So
0: I know the the first thing –
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you wonder, (laughs) like, maybe I'm I'm not cut out for this. Maybe this entrepreneur thing isn't for me because there's no way these other people do. Well, they do. We did. And so that's the first thing is to know that if you do get that way, you're not alone. But how I coped with it a couple ways. First of all, I have to give credit to my wife, Becca, because she and I and our one-year-old, we moved to from Utah to Southern California when I quit my day job we literally knew no one when we moved and so there was this intense feeling of loneliness especially me going out doing door-to-door sales and the i guess the emotional turmoil and stress that the rejection can have from doing door-to-door sales it got quite heavy and so becca helped me quite a bit walk through some of those times like walk me off the ledge so to speak not not literally but figuratively and another thing That helped dramatically was picking up meditation now we've heard all the benefits of meditation and how it can help your performance and everything and some people experiment with it I went to meditation not as a form of experimentation but out of necessity because I was so stressed so anxious I was letting my mind just dominate me and at the time I didn't know it was my mind which is interesting Mm. at the time I was like no, it's not It's not what I'm thinking. I mean my actual circumstance is freaking shitty. I don't have any money coming in. I have rent due in two weeks. I'm working something that's 100% commission. We're probably going to get kicked out. Like these are all the circumstances. Like I, I know it's not me. It's not my mind. Yeah. But through meditation, I learned to steady my mind enough and times quiet my mind enough to realize that – it's not so much our circumstances that happen to us. It's our response to it. It's our response to the circumstances that determines how we feel and how we interact with the world around us. And so just to give some additional value to your audience, there, when you first start meditation, if it's something you want to pick up, there are two apps that you can get on Apple or Android, I believe, that are guided meditation apps. And guided meditation is the way to go if you're doing it for the first time, because just sitting down and closing your eyes and hoping you're doing it is <laughs> is really hard to keep your mind yeah. quiet enough. And guided meditation really helps. I just did it a couple hours ago just this morning. And the two apps I use that are my favorite are one is called Headspace. So headspace is a good one for guided meditation. And the one I'm using right now that I've used pretty much from the beginning is an app called Calm c-a-l-m as in calm down so yeah those are two very important things i mean having somebody there that believed in me and just helping me along the way and certainly meditation giving me some alone time to to cope and to process everything was huge too
0: absolutely so guys you need to make sure that you are not doing this journey alone reach out to a mentor, reach out to a coach, reach out to your brotherhood of men. Maybe you have a partner there with you in this process, but definitely don't do this journey alone. And if you do experience anxiety or depression or doubts about this entire process, know that everyone who is successful has already been there. Yeah.
1: Bro, you just barely added to this that like a third thing that massively. I didn't do it the first month of quitting my job, but it's something I eventually did that helps so much with coping. And that is getting around other people and not just anybody, other people like you. I mean, I was around a ton of people in my employee job, but they were all employees, but I went to events where other entrepreneurs would be there and I started interacting and connecting with other people like me, other people that got me. I was finally with my entrepreneurial brothers and sisters. I felt like home for the first time. And then I did what you also just suggested I hired a coach,
0: Absolutely. somebody else
1: who has, had been there. And that took off years of my learning curve, having somebody that has been there, done that, kind of guide me along the way. So yeah, getting around other people, using other people, especially other people that get you hiring coach, that was super useful as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Kelvin, what are the first steps that guys need to take in order to transition to their freedom business?
1: They just need to make a decision. So a lot of times we know what the first step is. But it's ironically, knowing the first step is not what what freezes us. It's the fact that we don't know step two and three that freezes us. And I'll explain what I mean by this. I actually talk about this a little bit in Fish Out of Water. If I'm using me as an example, when I was an employee, I knew that I wanted to have what you just called a freedom business, right? Yeah. I knew I wanted to have a business that I was in control of. I did not have to check in with a boss. I did not I was not capped out on my income. I knew I wanted a freedom business, but I had one little issue. I had no freaking idea exactly what that business was going to be, right?
0: Yeah.
1: I had ideas. I was experimenting with things, but I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. And so I was stuck. I didn't know what I was going to do. But notice this. That was actually not step one. That was step two, finding out what I was going to do. Step one Hmm. was something we've already talked about. Quit my day job, right? That was my step one. I knew what that was. It was to quit my day job. And again, I bring this up because you talk about the first step to get moving. And a lot of times we want to have all of the steps lined up because school has taught us, society has taught us, this is the exact process to follow to get the results that you want. And I got news for you guys. Entrepreneurship and life does not have an exact process. That's why you meditate. That's why you get clear with yourself and listen to your gut and to your intuition because nobody is really going to know besides you. The thing that you have to trust is that you're going to be okay taking that first step and trust that the next step will show up after it. So that's the thing you got to know. Realize that again, most people think they have to have everything and that's what's keeping them back. But the first step is just to take what's in front of you. Chances are it's staring you right in the face, and you know (laughs) what to do. And a first step might be different. I mean for other people. When I was – after I had quit my job and was doing door-to-door sales, I started a, a Periscope business, and then I decided to get more into social media management. And so then what's the first step? Well, for that, it was easy. After at this point, people might say, Well, I need to learn all of these skills. I need to go do all this stuff to become a social media manager. But really, for me, my first step was just to tell people that's what I did and to get a client. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I focused on that, got a client within a couple of days. And now I had money, so I wasn't stressed out. And now I had all the pressure to figure it out. So, again, all of these, I hope it just cements home that the thing that freezes us often is not that we don't know what the next step is or what the first step is to get started. We just typically feel like we need to know step two, three, four, five, and six, but you don't. You know what that first step is, you see it right in front of you, just take it and trust that the next step will show up after that.
0: So it's about taking a leap of faith and betting on yourself.
1: Right, right. And the leap of faith, again, is is knowing that, I mean, you don't always see all the other, the other steps down the road. And at the same time, it's actually more practical this way because you're less overwhelmed. And this is what I mean. I mean, we know where we want to end up the freedom business.
0: Mm.
1: Let's use our this vision. as, yeah, that's our vision. Let's use a real tangible example. Let's, let's say we want it we're, we live in New York. That's our employee position. And we want to end up in Southern California, our vision, right? Yeah. Let's say we're driving there if we were in our driveway and before we even got started we thought we had to figure out every single turn that we were going to take on our journey we would like turn left right go this way go that way we would be so overwhelmed that we wouldn't even want to leave the driveway we would think i don't know if i can do this but notice what a gps does all you do is you tell it where you want to go mm. and based on where you're at then it tells you the next step Turn right, and then you do, and then go straight, then turn right, then turn left. Like it doesn't give you everything at once. If it did, we'd be totally overwhelmed. And so you just have to trust yourself that you are your own internal GPS, and you know where you want to go. You also know where you are, and I would bet that you probably know your next step too. So -hmm. trust yourself to be your GPS to guide you to where you want to go. Absolutely. So it is kind of a leap of faith, but at the same time, it's also super, super practical.
0: All right. It's great stuff. So it's about dreaming big, having a powerful vision to guide you on your way. And then it's about taking tiny steps, baby steps. Yeah. One step at a time.
1: Absolutely. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Kelvin, let's talk about leveraging social media in creating okay. a freedom business.
1: Heck yeah. So social media has been a ton of fun, especially since that's been my how I've made my money, not only for my social media business, Cobbs Media, but it's also how I build my social media brand as well. So would love to take it any direction that you want to take it specifically.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk about Cobbs Media first, and then we'll go from there.
1: Okay. So what, what we do at Cobbs Media is we help other businesses and other brands stand out on social media. Now, something I have not talked about, I don't think ever on an interview like this is why Cobbs Media is called Cobbs Media. Because a lot of people have asked, what, where the heck did that come from? Well, here's how, where that came from. In fact, I got reminded of it just this weekend. I got some notification that – of some memory of five years ago. Five years ago on Facebook, I changed my profile picture. And my profile picture for the longest time on Facebook was Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. It's a comic mm-hmm. strip. Okay? Okay. And the reason it was Calvin and Calvin and Hobbes is I was afraid to sh- put myself out there. I was af- actually afraid to put myself on the internet hmm. and even on social media with my own friends. So it was a picture of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. As a matter of fact, I started a blog with my friends and family to know it was me. And you want to know what the name of the author was? Cobbs. The name of the author was Cobbs, which was Calvin and Hobbes put together. <laughs> yeah. So. My Facebook profile was a picture of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes, and my blog was named Cobbs from – it was Calvin and Hobbes put together. And so the reason this is important is is that's where I where I started from. I mean if, if people look at my social media now or on YouTube or the fact that I, that I have a book, a lot of times when I'm giving advice to people, they're like, oh, but it's so easy for you to say. You're so outgoing. You're, I'm more shy. I've never done this. And I'm just like, no, I get it. I truly get it because that's where I started. I was afraid to put myself out there. So that's why my company is called Cobbs Media because I wanted to remember where I started. And so that's what I'm working with. And and so what we do at Cobbs Media is – We help people build their personal brands through social media, Facebook normally, but we help people stand out, get seen, get noticed. And the main industry that we help the most, I would say, is the network marketing space. We have a lot of top network marketers that have a lot of following offline, but they're either intimidated or don't know how to do anything on Facebook to put themselves out there. Hmm. So we help people grow themselves and their personal brand on Facebook and other platforms as well.
0: Yeah, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that, Kelvin, because I felt exactly like you did when when I was starting. And I know there are tons of people out there who are afraid to be seen or be heard because of this, I don't know, imposter syndrome or because of all those doubts in their mind and and so on. So yeah, it's a really inspiring story. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're totally right. Sometimes we have that imposter syndrome. We wonder if we're good enough and and it can freeze you. So yeah, I get it. But trust me, there are people that are there outside waiting. There's people that need to see you and that vulnerability might even help unleash them. So anybody listening to this, if you're thinking of getting started on social media, do it because you're needed.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Kel, you've created the four C's to social media success. Yes. (laughs) Please expand on this a little bit.
1: Yeah, the four C's are content, context, consistency, and connection. So what those represent is when I was getting started with my own personal brand, even before I started Cobbs Media, I was trying to establish myself and I would study all of the people that were established on social media and I was buying people's courses how to use Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all these things Periscope as well and I was trying to to understand the principles that made it work cuz I had just come from a sales background and in sales there are Thousands and thousands of different techniques that people use to to get the sale, and I knew that. There's books called The Thousand and One Ways to Make the Sale, but what I also knew in sales was that even though there are thousands of techniques based on personality that don't work in every situation, there are principles in sales that work every single time that all of those techniques are governed on. For example, just a quick briefing, the four principles that I based all of my sales on, that if, if somebody had these four things, then I knew they were going to buy, and that was trust. There needed to be trust between me and the customer. There needed to be value. They saw that it was useful to them. They needed to have urgency, a reason to do it now, and they needed to have confidence in everything. If they had those four principles, the sell was there. And – So I was now looking at social media, and there's all of these courses, all these things that people are like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this. And it was hard to sift out what was a technique, what was working for somebody because of their personality, and what are the actual principles that make it work. And that's where the four C's were born. They are the four things that… They're the principles that you have to have in social media, that if you have them, you cut through the noise, you can add your flair on it, you can add your personality, you can add your technique, but you have to have these things to start standing out. And again, you have these four things, and it will almost be unfair to everybody else on social media. You'll just cut right through. So the four Cs, again, content, context, consistency, and connection. What do they mean? The first thing to understand is with content, some people think oh, I'm on social media because I have a profile, right? Yeah. Or, or a page. Mm. But the truth is, if you just have a profile or a page, nobody knows about you still. Because people, especially in a Facebook environment, a Twitter environment, an Instagram environment, a Snapchat environment especially, you are not being seen unless you have content. Exactly. So that's your entry point into the game. So content is anything that is about you. It's your, it's your posting, it's your phone, your video. And I could spend like four hours just on how to create your content. But the, the number one thing that you need to have with it is your content should not sell your business per se, meaning it does not talk about what you do. Instead, it should tell the story of who you are, what you stand for and what you believe in. Because when you talk about things, what you stand for and believe in, then you tend to attract other people that also have those core values and beliefs. And that's what you're really trying to do is to build an audience that way. So get clear on who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in, and create content around that. Now, context is important because people hear social media and everything's bunched in together, right? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram stories, YouTube, all of that is called social media. And another big thing that's talked about a lot in this space, especially in the entrepreneur space, because we're so busy all the time, is repurposing or using the same piece of content in different ways. Now, here's the lazy person way to do it and the way you will screw yourself Mm. if you're trying to stand out on social media, and that is creating one piece of content and thinking all of these social channels are just a distribution for that same piece of content. Hmm. If you want it to stick on the platform you're putting it on, then it needs to be customized into the context of that platform. So that's the importance of context. So what it means is every social platform is like a different room. It's like a different situation. It's like a different set of circumstances. So how you stand out is making sure that that the context is designed with that in mind. What you do on Instagram is not the same thing you're going to do on Twitter. What you do on Twitter is not the same thing you're going to do on Facebook. And what we're finding now, even though Instagram stories and Snapchat look so freaking much the same, what you do on Instagram stories is not the same thing you do on Snapchat, interestingly enough. So you need to play with the platform enough to get a feel of the context and make sure your content is fitting context of that platform. Cool? Yeah. And then the third C, the one that we can all do better at – for the most part, and that is consistency, right? If I were to ask people listening to this to think of a big yellow M in fast food, hmm. I mean, chances are, who would you automatically think of?
0: McDonald's. <laughs>
1: McDonald's, right? Or if I say, think of a red soda sophic, you automatically know who? Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Right. Sure. Or if I say, just do it, what brand am I talking about? Exactly. <laughs> Nike. Nike. So the question is, how have they gotten so embedded in our brain? Now, the crazy thing is I've now asked this question to hundreds of different people in dozens of countries, and they all get it right. That is a little freaky, (laughs) and here's why. I mean there's nothing that translates across all cultures. I just came back from Thailand, and it was a completely different world than here. But even they understand what McDonald's is, Coca-Cola, and Nike. So how have these brands been so clear, cutting across all barriers, even culturally. Here's how. Consistency. It's because mm. they have been so relentlessly consistent in who they are and who they're portraying. So if you're going to stand out on social media, then you need to take the first two things I just said that with the content and the context, and you got to be consistent. Consistent, first of all, in how often you're posting. So a good place to start, most people on average post about two or three times a week on Facebook, let's say, Mm -hmm. if you really want to stand out, then you should be posting two to three times a day. So if you do that, you're going to attract the right people and you're going to stand out and they're going to take you more seriously. You're going to start to establish yourself in that space. And then the final thing, the reason we do anything on social media is connection. And connection is huge. A few weeks ago, it's been a few months ago now, I guess, Here's an interesting story that just shows you the power of connection. I was scrolling through my newsfeed on Facebook, and I noticed that somebody tagged me in a video. Hmm. It was just some random video of three Australian dudes doing some sort of a podcast interview like this, only it was video. And I'm wondering, why am I tagged in this? So I start watching it, and in the middle of the interview – the guys in this podcast interview start talking about somebody that I know. And get this, the hmm. person that they're talking about is me. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about me. And I was like, what? How? It, was the, it was the weirdest experience I've ever had in my life because, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to like a a party or some reunion and somebody comes up and that you know you probably should know and they're like, hey, what's up? And you're like, who the heck was that? (laughs) Like, I was wondering if it was one of those things. I was like, am I supposed to know these guys? Like, but then I realized, no, they're Australian. I I don't know any Australians. I didn't at the time. Mm. They have a different accent. I was like, I literally do not know who these guys are. How did this happen? Well, this is how it happened. After doing a little research, I found out one of those guys happened to follow me on social media six months prior on Instagram. Now, when I got that notification, I remembered getting it because I noticed that somebody followed me and I realized, you know what? I want this guy to not just follow me once. I want him to come back and see my content. And if he's gonna take the time to follow me, then I wanna do something to acknowledge him back. So what I did is I pulled out my iPhone and I just pushed record and said, hey brother, I noticed that you just followed me. Thanks. That was it.
0: Personal the video touch.
1: Yes. The video lasted a whopping four seconds, mm. and then I sent it to him. But it turns out that that one little unscalable, unduplicatable, unautomated four seconds was enough of a connection with that guy that he had then been stalking me all over social media different mediums for the last six months without me even knowing it. In fact, you were, we were chatting before this. You talked about how you touched on my book, Fish Out of Water. When I released my book, Fish Out of Water, this guy bought a, a, my books, a bulk order, without me asking. And on this podcast interview, they were giving away 10 copies of my book away to listeners for free reaching an audience i would have never thought i could have ever connected with all because of one simple or second connection so yeah that's the that's, power of connection everything incredible. should everything should drive yeah to connection finding ways to interact with your people and that's the reason i love what we do at Cobb's media is we understand all of this so this is how everything is run we the biggest thing that we do is we help people like automate their content and they're in the right context and post it consistently so that they can do what matters most connect with their audience something that cannot be duplicated something that just takes time sweat energy and scales in the biggest ways i mean so many people do this so well like taylor swift is an example that pops out because Mm -hmm. i mean reach out to a fan or sing a song for a fan, and people are like, how do you do that? And, but it ends up blowing up her brand like crazy. So those are the four Cs. You do them well, content in the right context consistently, and build connection, and you just can't help but stand out.
0: Hmm, That's fantastic. And I was thinking about this uh, final piece that you shared about building connection and this uh, really interesting story that you, that you had. And yeah, this is something else because nowadays everyone's really preoccupied with scaling stuff, automation, and yeah, it takes away the human connection part, the personal touch. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: um, and you got to have it in there. And the cool thing is, is there are a lot of tools, if you use them right and you understand the principles that work, then they can help you build the connection. But, yeah, one thing is there's also tools that will help you suck because there are tools that <laughs> exactly. can that on Instagram and Twitter and pretty much every social platform that can automatically respond to comments, for example. Yeah. You can have automated messages, and you know that they're automated because you can have a, a photo like a dog shelter – is we'll have a picture that says something like, "We're so sad that we had to put this dog down" or "Turn our dog down," but it was it was so great. But prayers to us or pr- prayer to our little dog, and you'll have comments that say something like, "Great post," "This is awesome," "Cool," and things like that. And you know that they're fake. They didn't yeah. they didn't read the the comments. So you have to have that human touch. Do not automate your comments. Do not automate anything that looks like it's a human interaction because that is to people
0: off. Yeah great advice (laughs) that's so true all right Kelvin as we are reaching the second part of the show I want to ask you a few personal questions that will give the audience invaluable pieces of wisdom that will help them on their journey so are you ready for the fire round oh fire up let's do it (laughs) all right here's the first question if you were to recommend one book that every man must read what would it be and why
1: I hear fish out of water is a pretty good one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I totally agree. (laughs) Yes. In addition to that one, it depends on what they're interested in. But a book that is a good book when you're getting started to help start shaping a more business mindset, a more entrepreneurial mindset is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki.
0: Absolutely. A classic. Yes. All right. I like it. Here's the second question. How can we find the balance between being a macho jerk and a so called nice guy? And I'm going to add something to this question, having you here with us today. How does finding the right balance between these two extremes apply in our social media presence?
1: For me, it's all about intention, not worrying so much on the exact method. Because I'm in it for the long game. And so you mentioned like what a lot of people will do. A lot of men will do to – because they want to be perceived as Mr. Nice Guy is they'll hide mistakes and stuff like that. Exactly. But I'm a big believer in being completely open, transparent with everything. And and social media is a great tool for that. It's all about transparency. So how can you survive in that environment? Well, be in it for the long game, not the short game. And – Have good intentions because over time, good intentions will show themselves and play out. So that's what I'd say for me is you're not always going to get it right, but you find that balance typically by getting clear on what you want to do, having your pure intentions, and just aggressively pursuing that.
0: I love it. Okay. Kelvin, may I ask you to share a piece of advice that your father never got to tell you, or maybe he didn't know about being a man in today's world. I'm talking about information or advice that would have changed everything in your adult life. One that you would be sure to share with the future generations.
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. Something that he didn't explicitly say, and I actually, I think ties in and I don't know if he could have told me because growing up, he had to be such a strong example. And he, in some ways, he was a similar way where he didn't – he kind of came across as macho because he didn't want to – he had to appear strong to everyone, to all mm-hmm. of us. And he's still alive and everything, and he's started to change a little bit this way. But a piece of advice that I think would have changed me growing up is, is reinforcing that as a man, it's okay to make mistakes. Like it's okay, like stay to the, I mean, we knew this innately as children when we started riding a bike for the first time, right? We, it yep. wasn't perfect. We made mistakes, but that's how we learned, right? And so there's something that I think we have to be strong all the time. We can't make mistakes, things like that, but we can, and that's okay because that's how we learn. And it's okay to apologize if you need to when you make that mistake, but know that you don't have to be perfect, In everything. So the piece of advice that would have, would have been awesome to hear, but I, I learned it later is it's okay to make mistakes because that's how we learn. Just take it and progress from there.
0: Yeah, I hear you. That's a totally different place to come from. Exactly. Yep. Okay. It frees you. Yeah, absolutely. Kelvin, I want to thank you again for joining us today. And before we say goodbye, please share with us the projects that currently excite you. And where can people find you?
1: Oh, man, a project that's exciting me right now is org. So this is something that so kind of how I gave social media tips. One thing that I wanted to do is almost scale this in an unscalable way. As many people as I can possibly fit On my calendar, my team's calendar, we want to get them started with free, tangible tips specific to their social media. So we started something called socialmediamakeover.org where people can call. It's a $300 value. They can get put on a calendar, and they literally have me personally or somebody on my team call them and give them specific, tangible advice for their specific social media and their strategy. So that's excited me quite a bit. and. I don't know when this will be released exactly, but I've been getting a lot more into speaking. I have a couple keynote presentations coming up. I'm just starting to speak more and more across the United States and hopefully globally soon. And so that's been super exciting for me as well.
0: (laughs) All right. Okay. Tons of value, great stuff. Guys, definitely reach out to Kelvin. He will personally talk to you or maybe some some of his colleagues, but definitely reach out to Kelvin. So Kelvin, please share also maybe your social media accounts or...
1: Yes, the best way to find me is Calvin Wayman everywhere. Calvinwayman.com is my main hub where all my stuff is there, calvinwayman.com, or wherever you are in social media, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, I'm Calvin Wayman, or even a newer social platform I'm playing with right now that, I admit I am not a 13-year-old, but I admit I'm becoming addicted to, and that is musically. It's <laughs> so fun. So yeah. I'm at Calvin Wayman there as well.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay. Calvin, thanks again for joining us, and I hope to see you on the Men's Journey Today podcast soon. Guys. Thank you, my friends. Till next time. Take care.